0: Hello, beautiful humans, and welcome to the Mental Wellness Wake-Up Show, a weekly podcast where growth-minded, creative people come to learn best practices from both spirituality and psychology that create lasting well-being. I am your host, mental wellness expert, improvised acting teacher, therapist, and coach, Dawn McMillan. Let's get to it. (laughs) hello beautiful humans oh my goodness mr bertram the dog has had a lot to say today and i'm like okay i'm sure you all don't mind a little bit of grumpy old man in the background but he was in full-scale pit bull wine mode so i think we're okay for a minute let's see what happens he just gets so super sad when i kick him out so you know he's my he's my uh Podcast recording, buddy. (laughs) So hi. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. Thank you for the reviews. Thank you for the, the sharing with other people. Thank you for reaching out to me and letting me know how it goes for you. I love it so much. And I'm just so... Proud at the way this podcast is growing. Uh, We're spreading to more and more people and more and more countries. It's really, it's just really beautiful because my intention really is just to share stuff that I have come across that has been helpful to me and to others. And so the fact that you listen and that you share it with other people and that, you know, people on other continents that I have never met in person and may never meet in person. Get to share in this community with us is just so lovely so lovely so 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 lovely speaking of lovely you're lovely and i know this because i know things today we're going to talk about behavioral activation behavioral activation which i jokingly before said is just go do something it's kind of the kind of it but there's obviously more to it it's not just do something so what's the what's the theory behind behavioral activation? Well, depression and anxiety. And if you are living with a post-traumatic stress disorder, you have both. You have both. Uh, spoiler alert. Um, if you have really a lot of depression symptoms and a lot of anxiety symptoms, you might have undiagnosed PTSD. Just a little hint. Depression and anxiety are evil twins. They're they're flip sides of the same coin, and their lie is the same. Anxiety and depression both convince you to not do the things that would actually improve your mood, that would actually help you feel better. Social anxiety tells you don't go to the party, when if you went to the party and you managed your anxiety, you'd actually connect with other people. Depression tells you why bother? when if you did bother, you'd actually start to feel better. And both of those doing the opposite of what your depression and anxiety are telling you to do become virtuous cycles. We all know about those vicious cycles where things just keep getting worse, but you can also begin a virtuous cycle where you do the one little thing that tips the domino in favor of you. So in behavioral activation, you identify specific goals for the week and you work towards meeting those goals. And these goals are not have-tos or musts. These are goals that are pleasurable activities that are consistent with the life that you want to live, that are consistent with your values. And the idea is that as you increase your contact with positively rewarding activities, you start to instigate that virtuous cycle. And you begin to teach yourself that you are not a helpless victim to your mood. It begins to teach you through experience that you you can influence your mood in the direction of the life that you prefer. So one of the mistakes that we make with behavioral activation is that we start to do the, the shoulds, the have tos, the musts, and the supposed tos. So if you come up with a list of activities that are all based on obligation, that are based on, well, I'm supposed to do be do ba do, do so I'm going to do be do be- do For example, I happen to enjoy cleaning. Yeah, yeah, I know. I happen to enjoy cleaning. Don't particularly enjoy cooking, right? So if I'm depressed and I say, okay, well, I'm just going to get up and I'm just going to make myself a nice meal that's kind of an upper level activity that's not a beginning activity for me for you it might be I have a good friend who enjoys cooking right so for her I'm gonna get up and I'm gonna to saute some onions and garlic and make myself a something that would be her first level for me that would piss me off <laughs> right but if I get up and I make sure and I go into my bathroom and I make sure that I um, all the dirty clothes are fully in the hamper and I put away some things and wipe down the sink, I'm going to feel better. So you need to choose those activities that are in alignment for you that really matter to you and that are about your values and desires. And then that's going to give you that extra boost of motivation. So we think that we need to be motivated to do something. (laughs) motivation comes after you begin, not before. You have to start the activity to feel like doing the activity. Start the activity to feel like doing the activity. This also relates to sexual desire for many women, right? A lot of times you got to get your body beginning the activity before you desire the activity, but I digress. So if you get very specific about something that actually has some sort of intrinsic pleasure for you, that the doing of it itself is in alignment with your values and has even just a little bit of pleasure for you, it begins to increase your motivation. And then you can do the next thing and the next thing. So you gotta make sure it's specific and measurable. We all know about SMART goals. I think SMART goals have kind of become um, uh, weaponized by corporations. Like it, I don't enjoy doing smart goals with myself or clients anymore because it's it's just so um, – people bludgeon themselves with it, right? I, 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 I'm going to go off on a tangent a little bit, but when corporations get a hold of something, like sometimes it ruins it for the rest of us, right? Even mindfulness has become corporatized, and so instead of helping people change their work environment in order to – be able to enjoy it more and and have their longevity there. They're like, just be mindful. Anyway, I'm sorry. That was a tangent. So for this though, for behavioral activation, you need to be specific. If you're not, you won't know what to do. Like the last thing you want to try to deal with when you're depressed or anxious is figuring out what you meant by that. Right? So um If for my example, for myself, if my first step, I'm in a deep depression and my first step is housework, that's not actually a step. That's a project. That's a project, not an activity. An activity is put all the dirty clothes on the bathroom floor, in the hamper, in the bathroom, because that's super specific. And I will know when it's complete. Housework, what does that mean? And when is it done? Make your bed specific, measurable. You know when it's done. So you choose the activity. Alphabetize my spices, whatever it is for you. And then you are able to pick which one to start with. How do you pick which one to start with? You list the activities from easiest to hardest. So for me... Personally, cleaning is easier than cooking. So if I'm feeling like if I'm really activated with my mental health symptoms, you gotta do something small, simple, easy, and easy is going to be determined by you based on what you consider easy. And you want something that's gonna be um, short-term. Easy is measured by quick. So the first thing that you want to do is probably not going to be something that takes an hour. Sweep the porch. May take 10 minutes. Mow the lawn if you have, you know, an acre out back. It's going to take a little bit of a long time. So if you you give yourself something that's too long to do, your avoidance behaviors, which are what depression and anxiety use to perpetuate themselves... Anxiety and depression use avoidance behaviors to perpetuate themselves. Avoidance perpetuates anxiety and depression. So you don't want to allow yourself the alibi of getting into your avoidance behavior because the the task that you pick first is too big. So rank it from easiest to hardest. And you're going to do this, you might want to do this with the help of a therapist. So you just want to start with a with a couple of activities that are really easy for you. Um, maybe your first activity is going to be sharpen your pencils. That's the easiest thing to do. And then the second one is color. It's super important that you don't overwhelm yourself with trying to start the motion towards your anxiety. And you also don't want it to be boring. So you want to have a lot of different things. So it could be. My low-level activities are maybe simple activities. One may be um, clean the bathroom. The other one may be walk to the mailbox and get the mail, right? That could be something that's easy for me. Or, you know, it could be read one page out of the inspirational book I keep by my bed. So the more variety you have, the more balanced your life will be. And the more likely your motivation to continue the behavioral activation will be, right? So you want to have a a variety of of activities that you can do that are simple, that just get you moving in the direction of a life that is meaningful to, to you. And you want it to be truly aligned with your values. If it's a should, a supposed to, a must, or a have to, That's going to be in the realm of the depression and anxiety. That's going to be really easy to trigger those avoidance behaviors. But if it's something that you genuinely value and or that you genuinely enjoy, you're stacking the odds in your favor. And then you want to get some help. Just be careful who you get support from. You don't want the Debbie Downers in your life to be the ones who are like, who are going to poo-poo on your ideas, who are going to yuck your yum. So if you, if you find or, or be pushy or forceful on the opposite end, right? You don't want someone to get into your bed and you start yelling, come into your room, start yelling at you. Excuse me, just get out of bed. Just get out of bed. What are you doing? Get out of bed and go mow the lawn, right? That's not helpful. So maybe it's your therapist. Maybe it's your, your 12-step group. Maybe it's a, a friend, and you, you tell them how to help you, say, hey, here's my list of things that help me get out of my depression or my anxiety. Can you help me, remind me, and help me do that, All right? So if if your first thing maybe is um, Dance to Happy by Pharrell, then maybe your friend calls you and when you answer the phone, they just start playing it for you or or something like that. And then the, the other piece is Challenge yourself to actually be present with the thing you're doing. So, especially with um, the the moods, the anxiety, and the depression, you can sort of get your body to start doing it, but your mind is still in the in the depression and anxiety loop. So, you pick the easy thing that's a, that's in alignment with your values, and then do your best to actually be present with the thing that you're doing. Most of all, be kind be kind, be kind. Just have have a little compassion for the you that has come to these, these behaviors, honestly. You've got something going on within you that is challenging. So just one step at a time. Even a small number of activities can have a huge result on your mood. And when you have that result on your mood, it becomes a self rewarding progress. So if you are willing, if you are willing to have your PTSD, your depression, your anxiety, and the avoidance behaviors that go with them, if you're willing to get better, start slow, have compassion. And trust the process, because even a little bit of progress is going to make a big difference. And so what you got to do is you got to reward yourself, right? Recognize your accomplishments. We've talked about this before. If you say, for whatever reason, even if it's not behavioral activation to get out of depression, anxiety, or PTSD symptoms, if you say, I'm going to chop my asparagus, and that's your thing, when you chop the asparagus and you are paying attention to the asparagus that you're chopping, you celebrate the heck out of yourself for doing it. You reward yourself and be like, woohoo! look at me go, yay me. And, you know, maybe the best you can do in the moment is, oh, yay, I did it. But hear me now, believe me later, my beautiful friends, even those little activities, that little bit of mindfulness, that little bit of celebration, It's rewiring your mind-body, your body-mind, and it's going to help you get better. So if you are willing to get better, behavioral activation is a gorgeous tool to have in your toolkit. This one is really one you can do on your own. I lean towards uh, having having a a professional help you with it. A lot of times we start to reach for these... uh, tools to start for the first time when we're on a downward slide and we're not always thinking clearly. So if you're in a good mood right now or if you're kind of if you're kind of good and now is the time to do it. if you're feeling yourself on a downward slide, run don't walk to your therapist and ask about behavioral activation. or look at um, look it up for some worksheets on the webs. If you type in behavioral activation worksheet, there's some really good ones. I think the one that I like is on Therapist Aid, I think is the name of the website. And get started so that when, when uh, the symptoms, let me scratch that, delete that. If your symptoms become really troublesome, you'll already have the work done to reach for. Because it's always great if you can catch yourself before they're really bad. It's much easier to get yourself out of a, you know, a five inch hole than a five foot hole. But here's the thing about behavioral activation. The more you use it, the shallower, shallower those pits get. Your symptoms will become shorter in duration and will lessen in intensity. And isn't that a pretty good outcome? If you can go from having you know, one really bad episode a month to two a year, wouldn't that be worth celebrating? Or if your low is at, you know, a nine out of 10 and you can get it to a two out of 10, isn't that worth celebrating? So I'm going to invite you to experiment with behavioral activation. And even if you don't go through the effort of getting a worksheet and figuring it out, if you can remember when your anxiety, depression, and avoidance symptoms are starting to get activated, if you can do something, anything in support of your pleasure and your enjoyment and your values. Remember we talked about the pleasure and enjoyment being in alignment with your values. Doing something that's, you know, drinking a fifth of vodka is not it's probably not in alignment with your values. Something pleasurable that, that you enjoy that's in alignment with your values. You're going to make a world of difference in your well-being. And you, my beautiful, gorgeous person, you absolutely deserve well-being full shizzle. <laughs> oh, thank you so much for listening. I adore you and I love hearing from you so much. And can I please remind you that you are simply amazing. Tina Turner's Simply the Best just popped into my head. Go listen to it. You're amazing. And you are worthy right here, right now, and deserving of enjoying your own life. Until next time. I am so honored that you share time with me. If you've listened this far, then something here was of value to you. Would you please be a friend of the podcast and share it with at least one other person? The podcast is available on most platforms, including YouTube, and I need your help to get the word out. So please like, subscribe, and share. And a five-star review on iTunes would be chef's kiss. Thank you so much. See you next time.